studying the attention, confirming our true nature, however long it takes. And even if it takes a lifetime, it's a lifetime of continual, it's like a meteorite falling to the earth, burning, burning off as it goes. When it arrives here, it becomes only dust. Somehow, as this identity seems to be traveling through the space of consciousness, it's disintegrating. Somehow, there seems to be moments of sadness about this, but the sadness is only because of the false, the false identity. And as it's turned again towards, like falling into the heart's orbit, it vanishes in there. To your delight, because once upon a time we would think it is really ourself that is vanishing. So what is called liberation will not be of an appeal, any appeal to the humanized consciousness. It will feel like a disaster. It's a dying, because we, for a while, identify with delusions and illusions. Illusions are one thing, but when you believe in them with identity, they become delusions. And delusions bring suffering, alienation, fear, you see, the sense of separation wearisomeness and sorrow into the human spirit like that. As we begin to really again see with our heart rather than just with our mind and senses, all these fears they are diminishing. When difficult times come, when challenging, seemingly challenging times come, really our attitude should be attitude of gratitude. Because these signal really an invitation for a more intense, a more deeper plunge, inward plunge. Everyone is plunging outwardly, but we are plunging inwardly into the realm of the Spirit of Being. And each time we get more used to it, to the refreshing waters of the Self, we are becoming increasingly light, more joyful. And I cannot give you words of poetry. What I speak to you is from my own direct experience. And whatever is my direct experience, will be truthfully your own direct experience. It has to be. So it seems like I confirm ahead of you, it seems like that, because we are still in this, in this warp of time. But if you follow, and I am here to watch you follow and reach, I don't leave you with a message to, to follow later, but while I am here, so you can confirm in front of my eyes, because I am bold enough to stand with you, to watch my words come true in your seeing, you see. So that there's no room for any say, Oh my God, did he mean this? Because I'm right here. And I said, It's not in time. Awareness is not in time or at the end of some striving. It's not the goal uh, like human goals, which can be reached and measured, which you can you can reach something. If you can reach something that you're not presently it's not there for you 
then you will also lose it also. Whatever is not with you. Only that which is inseparable from you. Even that you cannot keep is not a keeping thing. You cannot keep what you are. You can only be what you are. You know. And everything, whatever we do, whether we are cooking in the kitchen or digging up a bit of the land here, or you know, reciting a mantra or singing a bhajan or making a prayer or doing an investigation, it is all really the same. When your heart is pure, it makes really no difference. You see. Because you cannot step out of presence. And you cannot have the awareness of your seeming existence without consciousness. You cannot have the taste of experiencing even of duality were it not for awareness. Awareness is the first. It's not the first born, because it's not born, it's the unborn. But it is the first. While we're in the region of time. And, and and change when we have first and second, it will appear to be the first. When you come out of duality, it's not the first; it's the only. Because there's no second to it. All I'm saying to you one day, we don't need to say anymore. We don't need to say, not to you, maybe to others, but not to you. Should not be that this message is. Just constantly being said, 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 and you listen, 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 but no, no change. When your heart is fully open, these words will really, they will annihilate you. The you which is the limited, the unreal, the imaginary, the assumed identity has to be absorbed. Nobody is so tough, actually. Nobody is so tough. Has to resist, to resist, you know, the ch- change, real change. Nobody so tough as to sit in satsang day after day, and not on some level, conscious or unconscious, be melting away. You cannot. It's not possible. For those who really, their time is not yet. They may come into that space, but they would not be able to stay. If you stay, it's because some something, even if it's only. A percentage, if it's one percent, and you stand inside that one percent, it will take you to a hundred percent. But if you are ninety-nine percent, and you turn away, uh, you won't reach. You can be the most ignorant person, but if you open up to the possibility, they're all possible, and everything becomes possible. Ultimately, all these stories they will grow old and they will not they will disappear for you. They are useful for a while. Just like a child first learning to, to, to stand up. We'll use any any instrument, a doorknob, a leg of a chair, the skirt of the mother, anything to stand up. But to walk they must let go. In the same way, you must use everything you can to, to really understand and to stabilize in the truth. What you've used, you don't have to keep. Naturally. So, 
we are here every day in everything that we are doing, reminded of our own spiritual nature. Nothing is exempt. We never say, "Okay, now we are, now we are digging up the the road." So you know, forget about yourself, your real self. Everything, everything, the whole the air must be pervaded by that spirit. The very air you breathe here, the stones and the trees, everything will remind you. And people think that these things are just really feathery words, but they are not. In the same way that sometimes you will walk into a place to go to a saint's samadhi, or into a temple, or even just a happy home, actually, and you feel that the current, the vibration, is so high, and you know it's not imagination. These are tangible things. I don't know if science can prove these things. But I don't care about the science can prove. You see, but you feel that vibration. If you go into a house where there's been great sorrow, happiness, abuse, and so on, you feel no, no, no. I don't want to buy this house. I don't want to inherit this energy. Because the the walls will bear witness to the presence that's been there. Wherever there's been devotion and love and openness, the trees and the rocks will sing. They will sing of that visit of that presence. You see. But we should never be really afraid of human beings, because only in the human being is the supreme, most beautifully and most powerfully manifest. Of course, it can be in your dog, it can be in your goldfish, it can be in a plant you love also, because they do take on some of your perfume. But in the human being, the supreme can shine. Beyond all the idiosyncrasies of the human mind, the one who has completely absorbed the truth, who has recognized, acknowledged, and is devoted to truth, is regarded as the embodiment of truth itself, is a living God. Anyone who has come, and this is not flattery, this is not compliment, is what we are, is what you are. But we listen very much to our minds. The mind will really come to to this until it is fully absorbed inside. All these things I talk to you about, you should not be worried about them because we're not talking about something that's going to take two years or three years. It doesn't have to. I don't know if it's sometimes I say it's amazing how it takes time to realize the timeless. It takes human time to move beyond time. Every time we do some meditation, guided meditation, or you sit quietly and you fall back into that indescribable place, you're in the timeless. It's just that one time the sense that you'll fall and you will not come back. Not come back up in that way. Not come back up because of memory or some projection. Come back as that. Rise up as that. Walk, eat, sleep, drink. Send your emails as that. It has to be that we come to a place, a point in your life where you have no plans, no schedules, no projections. Of course, you can have practical things, practical arrangements. You have to buy a ticket to leave town. You have to buy it ahead of time. These are practical things that don't create nuisance inside you. They don't create any mischief. 
but you be, be you will be free of psychological thought psychological identity empty like space if the mind hears that it will say empty like space that's not anything what can i do like that where is the attraction but when you when you are that you will see that the idea of possessing or keeping or or holding on to seems so shallow in fact you will not be able to do it it will be so ridiculous One time you will be able to um, really seemingly perform actions, meet people, any kind of people, any kind of person, so to speak, without feeling that uh, it's a distraction. That um, phase of uh, getting distracted and falling into other people's energies and so on. Become redundant language and experience for you. Mm. You will see that it's, it, it was never true. It was only dreamed to be true. Presently, we believe a lot of things which are dreamed to be actual and real. But you will find such a clarity, such a purity, that these things which seem real now will become dream for you. Because they are transient. Emotions transient. Only because of memory gives them a sense of continuity. But in actuality, even memory itself is transient. Even memory itself is sort of some phenomena for you. It's coming like that. There's a kind of knowledge. There's a growth. There's an expansiveness. There's a maturing. It takes place without you. Without any effort. I wonder if we're aware of that. Without any effort, transformation is taking place. Even without consciousness of it, such is grace. Why? So that the human instrument cannot boast that is just happening. Because when you say yes in your heart, even when you're asleep, your yes is alive somehow. Just like in sleep, your bodies continue to grow. Your consciousness continues to expand. Nobody knows about these things. The one who cares for you even in sleep never sleeps. Even your breathing is love. Even the circulation of blood is love. Even unconsciousness is love. Love causes all things. Not the limited love of the human identity, but the love which is the unity of being. Taking care of its its manifestations, which are aspects of itself. When I said, if you started to bore a hole right here and go to the centre of the earth, you may find some creature wiggling around there. Love takes care of it. Love puts it there. 
and provides a kind of life that it can enjoy, the means to enjoy its existence. How much for ourselves, who have the ability to contemplate, to understand and to discern the difference between imagination and actualities, to observe the mind in all its aspects and know that it is only a kind of itself is an illusion. Who, which, which other beings on this planet can discern such subtleties? The consciousness in its human aspect you see, is so vast, it's the widest contrasts that it can, it can have demons and gods res, resident inside its body because of the, the power of its expression. And only when it overcomes the influence of the dark forces, you see, which are also its forces, it creates them. Because without them, you cannot mature. But you must not lie down; mustn't stay put. Don't fall in love with the darkness. And everything that somehow you can play with that and win. Hold to the light until you go beyond darkness and light. All this, the journey of the human conscious is not a journey in miles, kilometers, nothing like that. It's a journey so in the in the subtle the subtilization of consciousness, and consciousness becoming from gross from the gross preoccupation with the with the transient manifestation to the subtlest thought, to even to be aware of emptiness even. And in emptiness, feel the presence and power of love, and that they are one somehow, because they cannot be two, except dreamed. And when you know that which is beyond one, beyond the concept of one, or even concept of zero, of any measurement, then you can go to duality, and all duality is divine. But this you must taste. This cake we have to taste and eat fully. That cake which doesn't decay. Yeah. Where would these words go? Where would they this understanding go? Who would put them in the right place? What power puts them in the right place? Words cannot merely just be, you know, sound, thought, and belief. Even when they are energized by pure, uh, the pure mind, pure state, they become more than words. They become spirit. It's like the body eats raw food, food that can decay, like the body decay. The mind eats thought, emotion. The spirit eats bliss, contemplation. The Supreme does not eat and cannot be eaten. It's not top of the food chain. There's no food chain for it.
we must know that part of ourself which does not eat food nor drink water nor need sleep nor grow old that no regions are affected by the play of the body mind how are you going to know it the only way you could know that is because you're that there's no way you could know that if you are not that and some beings they know that no, not through the mind, not through the instrument of duality. They simply know. I don't know if, you, if the word "know" is the right word, even, because when that diversified itself, without losing anything of itself, when it became the many, it created language to, as a map, somehow, to communicate with itself. And there are many maps. Who will know the mapless one? I really feel like I would like to meet one who will allow me to speak my highest words, <laughs> his teachings. You know, you know what my highest teaching is. It will be when I meet that one, because I don't know what it is yet. Mm-hmm. When I meet you, it will come. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not saved up somewhere. His teaching is not cannot be saved <laughs> up somewhere. It just is revealed when you meet one. Synchronicity. Huh? Synchronicity. Synchronicity. As I told you about this, 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 these past satsangs. It's not knowledge. It's synchronicity. Synchronicity is producing everything. People think, if I know, I know. You cannot hold on to what you know in this <laughs> coconut. <laughs> you cannot hold on. Coconut aerodynamics, like it's aerodynamic head. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We cannot know like that. Synchronicity is the most beautiful. Because synchronicity is truth. It is truth. You cannot pretend. It is pure truth. When you're in that synchronicity, all things like gets revealed inside you. Yes, yes. But who knows this? You know it, no? When you're in that state of pure synchronicity, of pure harmony, then knowledge is just revealed. It's not learned, is what I'm trying to say. There's a knowledge which is learned, but it's only learned by the mind because the mind for a while only knows how to imitate. It is really the placebo of the being actually. The being forgets itself and takes this tablet of mind and identity that tries to simulate the true. But in that synchronicity contemplation, meditation, introspection awakens that synchronicity. You feel it like pure vibration, and out of that illumination comes. When you read books, look, you know, you say read, uh, look through books like the Rebu Gita, the Holy Gitas, they're not teaching. When the sages spoke like that, they didn't know what they were going to say. That is synchronicity. They don't know what they're going to say. Out of their electric joy, all these words are erupting in them. And they went completely crazy. 
You have to be crazy. You have to be a little bit crazy. Yeah. To resonate with truth, you cannot be too um, logical, limited. You have to go a little bit crazy, meaning that you don't know. You don't know. Um, you don't set borders for yourself. But out of pure bliss. Mm, the tongue comes in fire, and all these all these things are flickering off. They don't care about the words particularly. It is just a joy. Others catch the words. The sage is not catching any words. The others catch them with the like catching butterflies. They catch them and quickly write them down, write them down, <laughs> erupting out of that pure pure nectar. When you sing a bhajans or recite a mantra, is only to get into that synchronicity. You see, not learning. Learning is a much coarser thing, a more untrustworthy thing. But to get into the vibe of being, you see, when you can write in your sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. When the people, some of the artists, they tell you when they are, when only when they're in no mind, do they feel they are in synchronicity, then the thing is perfect, because it's not just dry. No, I am giving something to you. No, we are one in that thing. We are just one. You see. Either I have to love you. If I see you, I have to love you so much. That synchronicity is is inevitable. Or if I don't see you, I'm so unified in in the oneness that synchronicity just you see, it will sing to the devil itself, and he will dance. <laughs> he will dance. <laughs> because he comes from the same place. Dancing in <laughs> Nothing can really soil, blemish, soil, stain the self, actually. It only appears to. It's like dipping a pure diamond in donkey poo, basically. <laughs> it, cannot, uh, it cannot affect its value at all. <laughs> but you might just miss it. Yeah. My examples are not always ele- <laughs> not always elegant. <laughs> These things we talk here, we cannot freely express like this outside. If you are tuned to your own, you know, to, into your own vibration, you'll know who you can and when you can speak these. Not ahead of time, but in the moment. You may say, "Yes, I want to talk to you about something on the phone." When you meet in actuality, it cannot, it doesn't want to speak. We must respect the consciousness like that. The mind has an intention. But it cannot command the consciousness to fulfil the intention. In, in in actual time, in real time, you may find that 
the life force is not supporting your the mind's intention, then you mustn't fight with that. You must just you intend to tell someone a joke, but in the moment it's not coming. Don't force it. Leave it, and learn the ways of. That's why I say learn the learn the language of the vital force. Because the mind wants to go ahead and to use something and to, to, to somehow satisfy its projection. But in the moment you you're in a your your state is in a inner listening, and it feels no, that's not appropriate. Then go with that feeling. So you're sensitive towards yourself, and then gradually you come less and less to be you know aware of what your mind thinks. It will be out of the picture. You see. Just like you can cover your face like this, or close your eyes, nothing is seen. In the same way, you can cut the juice to the attention given to the, to the the sort of mortal mind. Yeah. Amazing how all of these things is just to, for you to somehow allow, permit yourself to be into emptiness. Because no matter how much you study, no matter how much you study, you cannot be in a real space with someone who is empty. You just cannot. As for competing, they won't compete with you, but you will compete with them, and you lose every time. But they won't be aware of you losing, and they don't interested in that. They will just be like somehow watching you play with some silly toy or something. You will just not do it. Because you will always be coming from the past, which also doesn't exist. But turn your face in that direction even a little bit, and it will give you somehow the confidence the, to, to surrender more, because the taste is so beautiful, the self-tasting is so beautiful that you realize whether I've been, I've been I'm stuck in a stagnant state, you know. As I said before, you cannot enter the room you're guarding. You're busy guarding something you cannot enter. The moment you enter and you understand inside, you don't need to guard anymore. Sometimes you're guarding something you have not looked at. You see. So. Good, good. Sometimes you put in life that you have a situation where you you feel like you have to meet some people to do a job, and before that you are totally exhausted, totally have nothing at all, and you think, but I haven't prepared even for this thing. I haven't prepared. You see. But if that is true, that you fully find yourself in that situation, and I'm not talking about something that you you really should have studied every word because it's really a kind of Bit of mathematics or something. I'm talking about just to meet life in life. You don't have to prepare because all the conditions, such as you feeling unwell, you got a headache, you know, it's this that time of the month for you, whatever thing. All these things, you don't have to even bother about them. Don't let your mind defeat you with this. You just go. Just show up. Just show up. You're supposed to run a hundred meters, and somehow. You mind feel you should be in bed because you're so tired, but somehow you find your legs there and your hand is on the line, and you don't know. Maybe you don't make it out the blocks, <laughs> but there comes a time you don't know what's going to happen, but you find yourself there, 
and even there you don't assume you don't assume the such is the such openness is rare you don't know what's going to happen because you don't allow projections to come or fears to come then you say god knows best i mean the mark said everybody's gone everybody's gone and he said what's going to happen now even that you don't bother about maybe everybody come and lift you up you don't know what is going to you don't know anything at all who can i speak to you don't know anything at all you don't know what you're doing here on the planet you don't know if you are on the planet you don't know anything does anybody know internet or we always have to hold something has anybody come totally into non knowing would you i don't know what <laughs> <laughs> this is very good. Really? You are lucky. Has anyone allowed total non-knowing, or is at least willing to? Because let's face it, most things you don't know anyway, isn't it? Ninety-nine point nine things you don't know. You don't know. We just live inside the model of knowing. But to be willing inside to say to come to the place of okay, just being. That's the way to not knowing. Don't try to not know. Just be. And be only concerned with just be. Don't try to unlearn because that's an arrogance. You don't. You're just unlearning your ignorance, in a sense, which you cannot do. Just hold on only to the being. And not follow the mind, then you are coming to that which is beyond being and non-being even. And then, when saying such things, still you are not have not yet mystified you. You don't know to be mystified or not mystified. You don't know nothing. And don't look to the world's reaction. But look into your heart and see what what can you be. Don't look for what people might say to you. Don't you're not working for that. But will you come to none knowing how long it will take? And even a sense of none knowing beyond the sense of this person who is thinking, yes, I am in none knowing. Even. Beyond that shape or that concept, fully unplugged. Something says, "Yes, yeah, sometimes I go there just for a flash." Did you go? Even for a flash itself, the flash itself gives you the sense of knowing. Who is going to appreciate these things? You are not anybody. You are not anything. You are not going anywhere at all. Not going anywhere at all. And you are not celebrating that. It's inevitable. It's unavoidable to feel happy and blissful when you don't have a mind. 
It's unavoid it's inevitable, unavoidable. You try and be as miserable as you can, you cannot succeed. <laughs> you do things to make yourself even more miserable or more happy. It's just complete ridiculous. You, you they don't touch you at all when you come to that which is beyond being and non being. Being beyond the concept of being and non being. The more you come into these regions, the more the population is decreasing <laughs> by movements of billions. <laughs> Who will be the last man standing? That when you become absolutely nothing, then you find love. Yeah. Galaxies of love. <laughs> Oceans of joy. Worlds of peace. What a paradox that you have got to give everything up to find everything. What did Christ mean? He who loses his life will find it. You have to solve some of these ancient paradoxes and riddles. Just by yourself, inside yourself, you know, you know them. But if you got just a sort of very Intellectually oriented mind, you will come. You will come stuck somehow. If you are a person of pure reason and rationale, then you will feel stuck. Some people need they need jokes to laugh, but some people, when they discover emptiness, they they laugh. Now they laugh. It's a different laugh. Some people they need a joke to laugh. And the more cynical the better. But another one, they find emptiness and they laugh. For the first time they laugh. And cry also. Sometimes alternating. Because you laugh with no joke, you cry, there's no story, no sorrow. Pure emotion, isn't it? Pure emotion. People, why? They ask why, but you don't know why. I don't know. Why what? Why are you laughing? Am I laughing? Oh, you don't know. No imagination is needed here. Hmm? We're running here only on pure spirit. No imagination needed. One time somebody asked, no, what was your master's highest teaching? I said, I am my master's highest teaching. <laughs> but it just came out. There's no arrogance in it at all. It means you you are no more you you are gone. Replace me with you. I have not learned anything at all. I am my master's highest teaching. I have learned nothing at all. <laughs> what did he teach? I don't know nothing about it. Teach. <laughs> yeah? Who understand that? You do. Good. Good.
<laughs> I trying to keep saying good day. I can't stop. It's a joy. It's true. I got, it's it keeps running, running. Sitaram, 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 Sita